Greg Wise. I must save some of my good intro material for Movies for When You've Had a Stressful Day at Work Part 6. I don't think there's going to be a Movies for When You've Had a Stressful Day at Work Part 6, Denny. Well, I didn't have any good intro material anyways. So, <laughs> that was a bluff. <laughs> Oh, man. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I can't intro it for you, but I can intro you, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Johnson. <laughs> I was trying to find a way to work that in. I'm glad you did it. That was better than where I was going. <laughs> oh, we're back, people. Finally concluding movies for when you've had a stressful day at work. The series that just evolved into the Lord of the Rings franchise discussion. So <laughs> thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh, it's it's been a good one. We're finally back. Return of these kings. Oh. oh, we're back. We're here to stay. We're not taking the last ship out of Middle Earth anytime soon. Denny. No way. I, we're Mary no and way. Pippin. We don't get that honor. We didn't bear no rings. <laughs> oh, that's right. How are you doing, man? What's up? I'm all right, man. I'm just chilling. Uh, had a chill. Uh, we're recording this on New Year's Day. Uh, had a chill New Year's Eve. Um, was taking a shower at midnight, and uh, my wife has to work today, unfortunately. Uh, so she will not be joining us for any of these Lord of the Rings podcasts, which is like ridiculous because she's a Lord of the Rings nut and would have added so much, but we could never make the scheduling work out. We'll get her on for the Hobbit discussion. <laughs> no. Just, that's not going to happen. <laughs> we might do like a, a very special Vanessa-sode. Um, ah. Where we just, uh, we rehash Lord of the Rings with Vanessa present. Just do the whole trilogy. Maybe that could work. Maybe that there is going to be a stressful day at work part six, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Eagles have delivered another opportunity for us to talk about <laughs> stuff we like. So there yeah. we go. Uh, how yeah, how it's, are you, man? Uh, um, I had a very fun New Year's um, that involved a lot of a lot of drinking, uh, of course, and then a lot of sitting on the couch and watching Succession with my wife and then looking at my watch when it was midnight, giving her a kiss, and then hitting play on Succession again. So, <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. The first episode of 2023 coming at you, coming at you now. So, uh, Hangover Greg is going to need Denny to carry a little bit of the energy for me. If we're being honest, I'm, I'm ready for it, Greg. I'll, I'll I'll bring the hype for Return of the King and for the other special activity we have planned for today. We do have some special activity planned. Stuff's happening, as we've discussed, as we've posted and shared online. Next week is going to be Friday the 13th. We're going to be yes. covering another Friday the 13th movie. People, we're freaking hyped. Cannot wait. We'll see which part. You guys are going to vote on which part we do out of what we've got left. And then I the week the after that. the options left are... Two, Two three, three, six, Jason lives, eight, Jason takes Manhattan, nine, yeah. Jason goes to hell, and the 09 reboot. I think that's what's left. I think that's what's left, too, unless there's... Yeah, 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 that, that is what's left, and then we've got the YouTube series that you've been hyping up. 
please yeah never hike alone never hike alone i was gonna say like never walk alone i was like that's that's not it that's something else (laughs) (laughs) you can walk alone but hiking i'm not so Mm, sure about i don't think so uh, <laughs> yeah, but after after Friday the thirteenth, so two weeks from this episode is going to be our second annual Granny Awards. Woo! Oh, we're hyped, man! The Granny Awards. That's I'm I'm getting more and more excited as I've been like doing more and more work for it and just like putting lists together. So when this episode launches, by the time this episode is up. The Google Form link will be sent out for everyone to vote. Vote for the winners of each category. And also at the very end of the form, there is going to be a Q and a, an optional question field where you can drop us a question. And during our Granny Award episode, we'll be doing a little Q&A session as well. So if, if you want to leave your name and a question... We'll give you credit if you want to be anonymous. That's fine, too. If you don't want to leave a question and you just want to vote for everything, perfect. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun. And to build the hype, we're going to have a little bit of discussion about the awards before we get into Return of the King. So yes. at the end of the episode, we're going to go through the nominees for each category. But first, right now... We have to find the nominees for one category. Denny and I are going to be drafting, going back and forth, picking five movies each that are going to be our picks for Best Picture. Best Picture of the Year. That we covered, of course. This isn't movies yes. that came out in 2022. This is movies No, that no, we no, covered. no, yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't see Tar, so, you know, we gotta... <laughs> This we is us giving ourselves our own awards, people. Okay, this isn't about the larger scape of cinema. This is about what we do on this podcast, okay? That is right. So, Denny, um, yes. I'm I'm going to do something really quick. I need you to call it. It has to be you. I got here the same way the Google search for flip a coin did. I need you to call it <laughs> heads or tails. Uh, what year was the coin made in? Uh, <laughs> says here 2023. Wow. Wow. It traveled no distance whatsoever just to get to me. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm going heads. You're going heads. Flipping a coin. Yep. Google says it's flipping. It is tails. I will be picking first for the draft. All right, so. <clears throat> we each get five picks, correct? We'll each get five picks. We'll go back and forth for a total of ten. That's math, everybody. Yay. For my first overall pick for the Grinny nominations for Best Picture, I am hereby selecting Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, we had the same first pick. I knew it. I knew you were going to pick that one. So, I mean, how could you not? It's... <laughs> In all honesty, it's probably going to win, but hey, I want to give some praise to some other movies too, and, you know, the voters will surprise us more than likely. Uh, Second overall pick, Denny, what do you got for me? I'm going to go with The Lighthouse. Very nice. I knew you were going to take that one off the board. All right, pick number three. That is going to be me, and I am going to submit... 
Of course, we'll see if it can win Best Picture yet again. No Country for Old Men. I almost took that one just for shock value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I beat you to it. I will pick uh, that movie's uh, stepbrother that was shot right down the road. There will be blood. They'll be they'll be at odds again in this category. I love it. It was on my list of uh, what I would have picked too. So, all right, pick number five. I am going to go with the Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. That was also on my list. Nice. I knew it. Um. Okay. So, pick number six. Hereditary. Very good. Also on my list. Yeah, Denny and I put together a list of stuff we would um, we would pick, and so far I'm just copying and pasting from my list. I haven't typed anything <laughs> in. Yet. Yeah. This is all stuff I would have picked too. Um, Same. Pick number seven. I am going to go with um, something that I didn't expect to be as good as it was. The witch. The nice nice that was also on mine for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. but of course all right so pick number eight yep that's that's you all right i'm gonna pick (sighs) a fantastic old picture show starring the greatest leading man of all time humphrey bogart in casablanca very nice. I started typing it out because you started doing the yowza wowza voice and I knew which movie it was. <laughs> I didn't listen to what you said. I just picked the movie. Um, so this is pick nine. We each have one more. Um, Denny, like, I'm a little upset because I was... I didn't pick this one because I expected you to do it sooner. I'm going to go ahead and put it in there, though. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's on my list. I thought you would have put it in there already. (laughs) I guess not. So with the final pick, movie number 10 for best picture that we covered on the show, the weight lies on your shoulder. I have five left. Oh, jeez. There's one that I think is clearly better than the other four, but it's also my least favorite of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to win a vote, so why would I even put it on the poll, right? Right? Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess. This just, is really hard. Just say Wild Wild West and we'll move on. <laughs> Fuck it. That's oh, spirit. this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because I know I'm going to hear about it from enemy of the show, Davis Calc, if I don't, uh, the Northman. Nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Did you have you. any that, uh, didn't get drafted? What did you have? Yeah. One of my remainders was city of God. I, uh, I thought that's... you were going to take that one. That is actually the only remainder I had. <laughs> Everything else I wanted got picked. So, really, good, I had a good job, everybody. I had four that I feel compelled to mention on my drafts. 
Uh, number one, the one I thought was clearly better than the other four, but also uh, my least favorite, On Sunday. Okay, um, yeah. The others I, I, were... I'm I thinking, had considered that one, yeah. I was surprised you didn't pick it. Um, I'm thinking of ending things, Interstellar, mm. and Jiro, Jiro Dreams of Sushi were my uh, my others, so... Very good. Honorable mentions in the category. Oh, we love it. Um, yeah, you gotta think back quite a ways. I kind of forgot about <laughs> talking about some of those. I was staring at our, uh, a list of movies. Dude, we did... It's not like we covered... Just a, We had a lot to choose from. This is gonna be did a we? much easier process for the next Grannies. Yes. Uh, I can... <laughs> I can Did tell we you do right the thing now. this year, or was that last year? What's uh, the thing was last year? Okay, we, okay. but um, including Return of the King, we covered 111 movies this year. So wow. Um, we, actually, Greg, I think it's 111st. 11. <laughs> Very nice. Oh shit! All right. Um, so fanfare is out of the way that is our nominees for best picture we're going to do the other nominees at the end of this episode for all the other categories maybe some surprises in there wait and see so denny before we get into return of the king one last piece of business what else you've been watching this week bud I've uh, I've still been plowing away through It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm about halfway through through season four. Been loving that show. Very bingeable. Um, let's see. Rounding out my holiday watches, I watched Die Hard, which is just so fucking good. This was only my second time seeing it. I haven't seen it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. When's the last time you watched it? It's been probably like six or seven years, honestly. It's been a while. Man, dude, I, I should watch it more often. It's one of the best action movies ever made. It's so fucking... Hell yeah. Um, obviously, for uh, Christmas Eve, I watched uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Um so we're uh i'm not going to comment on that because there's a whole episode we did on that last christmas <laughs> you can go <laughs> listen to it's the greatest christmas movie of all time we even um, talked about on... it last week a yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we on, talked about uh, how much we wanted to talk about it yeah let's just do another one where we talk about it again say the Hell same yeah. things <laughs> <laughs> Um, then on Christmas Day with my family, I watched Four Christmases starring Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Um, I, I saw is, your review. It is a bad movie, Greg. Mm -hmm. It is an insulting movie. Um, it makes the like it makes it seem like Marvel respects its audience by comparison. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like. Um. And you were getting dragged in the comments for that one, too. <laughs> yeah, by the Unremarkables, the normies. Oh, jeez. You hear that, folks? Denny hates you. <laughs> I love you. I'm just giving you shit. Um, if you like this movie, I, I will say this. I understand why people like it. Because it seriously did make me laugh a fair amount of times. Like, there was some comedy that landed. But it was also, like, it was all, like, 
shouting something inappropriate you know like and it's like yeah that's always gonna make me laugh that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the movie's good you know um i've so, i've never seen it dude don't okay yeah it's so Thanks. contrived <laughs> everything they do i'm like why would anyone ever act this way about anything ever uh time dilation seems to be happening because like they have time to go to the airport have their flight canceled and attend four separate family Christmases in one day. It's insane. Hold on. <laughs> it's insane. Track. No, like there's like no respect for the laws of time in four Christmases. Um. <laughs> Put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> there's no respect for the laws, the of, laws time of time in this movie. Um, so Four Christmases fucking blows it's a bad movie Uh, it will make you laugh I'll give it that I'd I'd put it up there with like the proposal for like least amount of understanding of human motivation I've ever seen in a movie Um, wow good pull (laughs) good comparison thanks Um, and then Greg I uh, Uh I watched Catwoman Huh. Huh. Why'd you do that, friend? <sighs> Had a friend over. He was mm-hmm. going through a rough day. Mm-hmm. We decided we just wanted to hate watch something. We went to get some milk in the middle of it, and we walked into a gas <laughs> station like two seconds after it got robbed. Um, It was insane. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> okay. I thought you walked and in there with little saucers saying, fill this, please. We need your milk. <laughs> no, we like, we had a real, uh, as my friend referred to it, a friend of the show, Josh Williams, Uncle Ben moment. We might have even passed the, the robber on the way out. So I don't see um, how that's my problem. <laughs> I'm going to try to say something cryptic if I die soon. Uh, <laughs> but I watched Catwoman. Um which has a higher budget than any Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> Andy Serkis should have been the cat woman. <laughs> I mean, they had fully complete CGI'd Halle Berry jumping around. Like, they could have used Andy Serkis for the mocap. Remember when that cat breathed, like, green gas in her face after Jesus she died? Christ. Yes. Remember when the moon turned into a cat eye? <laughs> i think that happened i watched it pretty recently because your movie sucks they did like a group uh commentary track and i decided to to watch it and uh listen to their commentary in the background it was really funny that movie sucks dude i'm so sorry dude it's like comically nonsensical every step of the way and they have like off-brand destiny's child playing for all the fight scenes like it's so fucking bad fate's and... kids <laughs> oh man yeah i uh i think i'm gonna give it a one out of 50 on critiker like <laughs> Dude, um, yeah, cat-themed movies taking some real hits from this podcast. Real L's. Real L's. <laughs> Big fat um, L's. 
Meow. It's, it's funny because when we were on HBO Max looking for a movie, uh, Josh was like, hey, look, next to Catwoman, there's cats. And I was like, no. And he was like, I just want to see it once to know how bad it is. And I was like, well, I already no, you did don't. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it my once. <laughs> I did it about you, a year ago. You can do I'm that at home. still not fully healed. <laughs> so uh, that's what I've been watching. Playing some Crash Bandicoot no Mori. That's a very interesting list. Congratulations on playing video games instead. Um, yeah. I had a very different set of movies that I watched. On Christmas, we went out to watch Violent Night. Yeah. That was fun. It was a fun movie. I don't think it was... I'm not going to say it was all that good, but, like, David Harbour, like you said, David Harbour as Santa, who's drunk and over Christmas, is endlessly entertaining. So yes. it was... There was fun aspects, but the movie wasn't that great. Um... The other thing we watched is the B.J. Novak film, Vengeance. That's oh, on Pe that's on Peacock. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um, like the Texas centric humor is really good. Mm -hmm. Like the Texas specific jokes are fantastic because hey, we guys, we're in Texas, we get those things. Um, but like, I don't know, the story felt like it took a little too long to conclude and then the conclusion wasn't really all that satisfying yeah i don't know um it, it's a fine movie though i think it's worth watching um i've had yeah, it recommended to me by by people i trust with great enthusiasm so that's why i popped i know i'm in the before our return of the king discussion complaining about a movie not ending quick enough uh <laughs> <laughs> the other movie i watched Memories of Murder from Bong Joon-ho. That's on my list that I didn't finish last year. Oh, you didn't finish the movie list? No. Oh, buddy. It's okay. There's always next year. Just whatever you didn't watch, just carry it over to the next one. And definitely keep this one on there, because that's a damn fine movie. That guy knows how to make a film. Dude, yes. That's, that's just all there is to it. Um... Hopefully, in the near future, we can do a, a series about Korean films, because I've I've got some I've got some picks, and that might be a, another five parter because there's stuff I really want to talk about. And this I, is one I of go them. through an Asian cinema phase about once a year, so that that could be that that month and a half phase for Dude. me. We've got tomorrow. We've got Monday off for New Year's, and I've got. Um, decision to leave on the list that i'm probably gonna oh, watch yeah. yeah so korean cinema is featured heavily got, in our uh, household some oscar buzz doesn't it Mm-hmm. oh yeah it does um i, I watched a, a lot of other movies there's two on the backlog i forgot to mention them last week and then one that i watched this week i'll just mention all three because they're all kind of the same in terms of the fact that they're early 90s action and thriller movies, The Firm, The Hunt for Red October, and Escape from L.A. I, I've always wanted to see Escape from L.A. I've never seen it. Um, just watch Escape from New York, I guess. it's <laughs> Snake Plissken is great in everything. Yes. But Steve Buscemi is good as always, but damn um 
stick to the practical stuff <laughs> mr oh, carpenter man. yeah please um the blank check podcast talked about it when they covered their uh they did their series on john carpenter they're just like he's definitely better when he has a more limited budget <laughs> when he's yeah, like that's true finding ways to take shortcuts or like making it work he's excellent so yeah some some cgi is featured in that movie but um the firm was fine the hunt for red october like i think i watched it maybe when i was like 10 or 11 with my dad that movie whips dude it's so good yeah i really like it <laughs> it's I've it's awesome it. yeah uh you should watch it i think it i only watched it because it was no that was the firm no nah, it doesn't this doesn't matter. All right, I was going to say, The Firm left Netflix. The Hunt for Red October, I think, is still on Netflix. It was on my list for too long. I was like, it's time to watch it. And then, speaking of Netflix, the last thing we watched, season three of Emily in Paris. And she's going gorillas? Uh, that's a different word. Uh, <laughs> um, Emily in Paris, what does that even mean? Uh, Lily Collins plays a girl named Emily who is in Paris. It's a bad show. Like, the Why show sucks. Why are you sucks. three seasons in? Because I can't stop watching it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> every After every episode, we're just looking at each other. We're like, this show kind of sucks. <laughs> Let's watch the next episode. We watched, It took us like a day and a half to watch it, man. What it's the worst looked? show... It's the worst show that I will watch every single episode of. Um, I love up? Lily. Con you? I love Lily Collins. Paris is really pretty. The plot contrivance is off the chart, and there's this there's this one girl that like I weird convinced that she like in her contract with Netflix she was like I'm a singer, so I'm going to sing a full song every episode. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's bonkers. <laughs> They were just like finding new ways to show her singing an entire song. <laughs> uh, this show's ridiculous. Uh, it's contrived as hell and it's bad, but I still love it. Um, all right, so it's it's been a little while. <sighs> We've uh, effectively warmed up. Yes, we've discussed yes. enough nonsense. We've nonsensed around enough. Time to get to the nitty-gritty. It's the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. You can watch this one on HBO Max, 2003 film from Peter Jackson. And, of course, we do mean the extended version. De doy dipshit! If you haven't figured it out by now, that's on you. So... Plot summary. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. The adventure concludes. Uh, if you don't know the plot by now, why would you jump in on the third movie? Come on, you, you know the <laughs> we, plot. We can't help you. We can't help you. If, you. if you don't know the story, what are you doing here? So, um, <laughs> spoilers ahead, I guess. Um, yeah. This is... Um, one of my favorite movies that I'm excited to be wrapping up one of my favorite series in film. Ah, oh, man. I miss, I miss when this was like the only thing I cared about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A simpler time. <clears throat> uh, initial thoughts, Denny, where are you at? 
Um, initial thoughts on the movie? Uh, do we do relationships? Um, yeah, I, yeah, relationship. Yeah, go ahead with that. I, I've, I've forgotten. I, I've, I assume it's the same as the other two, and but yeah. Yeah, always saw them at Willis's birthday party. Um, something I can never forget about seeing this in eighth grade. Um, Vanessa even told me while we were rewatching it that she can't watch the ending without thinking about how bad she needed to pee the first time she saw it. Um, and I felt <laughs> the same. And about the time it fades back into Sam and the Shire after uh, Frodo and Bilbo head, head to the realm of the Undying or whatever, uh, my friend just goes, come on! And the whole theater was like, yeah, seriously, man. Like, no one got mad that he shouted that at the end. Um, no, but Return of the King is awesome. Uh, there was a, I have no idea how many times I've seen this movie. There was a time in my later college years where like more than once a week, I would throw on like the last 30 minutes of this movie. Um, hmm. like, I would just jump right into, uh, Frodo and Sam arriving at Mount Doom. Um, and just like, just drink in the emotion of it all. Um, mm -hmm. and, yeah, for the last half hour of Return of the King, I've seen it a lot uh what about you sir well it's basically like the same that i mentioned for the first two saw mm -hmm. it in theaters was really hyped about it the video game wasn't as good as the two towers one but it was fine uh <laughs> yeah it was just constantly on i think i've seen this one the least amount of times just because like i was watching the first two kind of on repeat before this one came out yeah so I, I usually try to watch all three in a row. I don't think I ever, like, pop in this Two Towers or this one without f watching whatever came before it. So Same, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I like this movie a lot. I've seen it a bunch. I, again, unprofessional bullshit. I forgot to look up <laughs> when the extended versions were released, but um, for Christmas I saw the dvds on the shelf of the extended versions we've got we had that box set when it came out in like i would say like 2005 maybe and my Sounds brother right. was like ah oh, we need to watch this again i was like well they hold up very well yes ah no kidding i don't know where to begin on return of the king it's it's tricky it's it's do you want to begin with the ending? Like, do you want to just talk about, like, the trilogy as a whole? you want to talk about Peter Jackson really running with the idea of close-ups of people eating? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with people eating. Let's. Um, <laughs> opening scene of the movie. We get a little more backstory from uh, Gollum slash Smeagol. And he yes. bites into a fish, and we just watch it <laughs> really, really uncomfortably close. That nasty boy influence is coming through again from old Pete. Yeah. What a little freak. And then, of course, uh, the worst scene. Very bad scene. taste, yeah. Yeah. Left a bad taste in my mouth. And he wasn't hey. there to film it. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, the worst, worst part of the movie is watching Denethor eat his food while... Faramir writes to his near death. Oh. So, oh. there was oh, it's yeah. Sing me a song. <laughs> I hate mouth noises. I hate eating sounds. And I don't need to also see it that close, but whatever. Um, I 
I think I sent this to you. It was a TikTok of someone for their birthday. Uh, they they <laughs> did a full watch through of all three extended versions of the film. And then every time the characters ate, they would eat whatever the characters were yes, eating. Yes, yes, it was incredible. So they made Denethor's meal. They made like uh, tomatoes and nice crispy bacon in the Fellowship of the Ring. They You forget how much these guys are eating. <laughs> They're just like constantly cooking food. And uh, it must have been insanely hard to coordinate. But yeah, it just like watching that just made me really it really took me back to the vibe of like i said when these three movies were the only thing i cared about like just going through that effort just <laughs> excuse you just going through that effort to like fully immerse yourself and enjoy something that i was fully immersed in and enjoy so much and it's just it's really cool to see like that fandom living on and us diving into these movies for the podcast it just may it it's been bringing me back to that same kind of feeling so that's more of same my feelings man. in general yeah embracing the nostalgia but what do you think yeah i feel like lord of the rings doesn't get a lot of new fans but once you are a fan you're a fan for life mm -hmm. everybody's yeah, sticking definitely. with it yeah um yeah man there's there's always uh uh a sort of like what's the word i'm looking for bittersweet i guess experience yeah. watching this movie because your your time in middle earth is coming to an end you know there's just no more after this because we don't count the hobbit yeah that's right uh no we do not yeah it it is kind of a bittersweet that's why maybe that's why i'm we'll talk about the ending later i always have like a hard time watching this movie because that means it's over yeah. And Fellowship and Two Towers, it feels more like the adventure is just always going on, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a little harder to come to grips with, like, the story really concluding. But, you know, we get a really solid conclusion here, so. Three or four of them, <sighs> actually. Yeah, yeah. But no, it, it has that, from the start of the movie, it has that the shit is on energy. Like, in wrestling, they call it big fight feel. You know, like you, there's just something about the urgency at the beginning of the movie that lets you know, like, we're here to end this fucking story. It's super badass. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Think, things are coming together. There's a lot of payoff happening. I really like, I'm having a little trouble remembering stuff that was in, like, the theatrical version versus the extended editions. I can't remember the last time I saw any theatrical versions of these, probably in theaters. <laughs> like, I don't remember. Like, we bought the initial... I think we got the first one on VHS, if I'm being honest. And then uh, I watched that, like, a ton. It just came from, like, repetition, and then we got the the, the uh, extended editions, and it was that and nothing else the whole way through. <laughs> but, like... Christopher Lee was, like... Oh my gosh, Christopher Lee. Saruman, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think I remember he didn't... Like, we didn't see him die in the theatrical version. And then the extended version, I think, is when uh, Wormtongue stabs him. Oh, really? 
Yeah. I, I, I kind of remember. Version, he's just still hanging out. Oh, because he would have gone and scoured the Shire, right? I don't know. Because I was like, in the book, I, I haven't read the book, but I, people have told me that like there's an extra chapter at the end where Saruman is uh, like fucking up the Shire and they have to stop him even after they defeated Sauron. And I, I thought that this time. I was like, but he died. How could he? How could he do that? Um, maybe he doesn't die there in the books or in the original movie. Yeah, there's there's somebody like screaming at their headphones right now, like that's not what happened, you idiots. So <laughs> it's Vanessa. It's Vanessa. It's Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> She's just got her face embedded in her palms, just like oh my god, these idiots. She'll she'll set us straight. Yeah. yeah, our um, co-discussion with Vanessa is just going to be her correcting us on all on all. Our <laughs> we'll have a public chastisement. That'll be our our, our post mortem for this series. Exactly. Um, minor note: uh, I like how Arwen's little angel necklace has the same sound effects as the Shine Sprites in Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> little ethereal glowy sound effects it's the same one only on nintendo gamecube um i do appreciate aragorn keeping his eyes on the prize and covering up eowyn's feet instead of snapping pictures of them to sell on the yes. internet we're very good true king Lawful true good. king ah <laughs> return of the true king um damn bro these beacons of minas tirith are pretty lit fam <laughs> so um something i got flack from you from in in the last episode was uh my grievances with cgi smeagol um and how it's never worked for me i wanted to say two things uh and get your opinions from from this movie one smeagol looked a lot better in this than he did in yeah. two towers a whole lot better i, I don't know I what happened that. in the animation budget or or what but Smeagol in the Two Towers looks very much like a video game character to me. Um, in Return of the King, I think he looked about as good as he could have looked. So something clicked. Real quick add-on there. I really liked at the opening scene I mentioned, the fully prosthetic, like, transitional Smeagol. That's where, he's where got, I was like, going the, with this. Uh, that is where, oh, cool, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, go, go ahead then. I'll stop interrupting. Well, I was going to say, I, I talked about the possibility that they should have done Smeagol practically. We got a taste of what it looked like. Do you think it could have worked for a whole movie? I don't know if it could have worked for a whole movie. I think just because those body proportions are so weird. Yeah. And he he's moving around and like doing so much. Like It's a very active character. I just don't... It feels like CGI might have been necessary because he's very like... First of all, his you know he's got the gigantic eyes and his face is extremely expressive. And then he's like jumping around and swimming and like fighting Sam and shit, like falling off rocks, jumping around. Like I think it might have been too much to do practically. That that like committing to a singular CGI look and aesthetic. I feel like if they were like switching back and forth, it would have been too distracting, that kind of thing. So that's a, no, that's a really good point, and I hadn't thought about how much he needs to do, and that yeah. being the excuse for the CGI. I just I'd only thought of how he looks, but it's like if they were gonna make it look good practically, 
they would first of all <clears throat> not have a lot of room for movement in the costume. Second of all, would have to control the sight line at all times, so you can't have him like hopping around in the water or on the you know like yeah. you can't have that. And, I guess yeah. And Andy Circus <laughs> would have had to lose like eighty five pounds, so he would have had to do a Christian Bale. Yeah, he would have had a Christian Bale it for sure. Oh, I would have been good for the movie. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> All right, hit me with something else. What you got? Um, let me see. Let me pull up the note skis here. Oh, I've got one. Did you notice the cinematic debut of Brett McKenzie? No. Brett McKenzie is in this movie as an elf. A word? Yeah. And he gets dialogue dialogue with um I think Arwen. Um she talks like directly to him. It wasn't Galadriel, was it? Brit. Brit McKinsey from Flight of the Concords. Um, yeah, look, just Google. Yeah, Figwit. Do you know why he's named Figwit by the fan community? No, because they thought he was so <laughs> hot that they came up with the acronym. Frodo is great. Who is that? Figwit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is him oh yeah dude weird. it's brett mckenzie in lord of the rings return of the king with dialogue who is that <laughs> oh indeed no oh, that's a very uh hmm. isn't that awesome charming face yes <laughs> isn't that so awesome that he's in this movie <laughs> that rocks no i did not notice that i i'm yeah i just looked at the picture too i'm like I'm still not 100% sure that's him, but... No, it's him. It's it him. is him. It's you gotta really look you for watch it, it and know who he is. Yeah, this is gonna change my next watch through, which, you know, might be pretty soon here, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, you fun. need to watch it a couple times for it to sink in. It's It's crazy that, like, this is about 12 hours worth of film, 12 plus hours, and I'm just like, I can't wait to get going again. Yeah. I want to start it over for sure that's yep man so there was something that kind of changed for me in this movie in uh in two towers there's a lot of sympathy on frodo for being a ring bearer and there's a lot of sympathy on smeagol um because there's this whole there's good in him arc right um they're trying to darth vader him and um in this movie, we know from the beginning that Smeagol is betraying them. Frodo looks like such a damn Smeagol mark the whole movie through, and the audience knows that he's being misled. Do you lose sympathy for Frodo? A little bit. Um, I kind of, I kind of feel what you're saying here. I. Maybe don't lose sympathy. I think he's the the ring is making him a lot weaker and a little bit more clouded in judgment. Maybe a little more desperate just to kind of get this thing done and over with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like his reasoning just feels like he's not even convinced himself that like we need to keep Smeagol around. Yeah, and just it's it seems like we're really like watching him step off the cliff and he's just like i really shouldn't be doing this like he's <laughs> uh it, it's hard it's it's hard to justify that yeah 
I, I think it's like I think Sam just steals Frodo's thunder of like who we're rooting for in the movie. Like Frodo is an idiot the whole time while Sam is right. Sam gets framed for a crime he didn't commit. Um, he never loses sight of the greater good. And he even like passes the test of being the ring bearer and giving it back to Frodo. Like he's just the shit man. And Frodo, it just, it, it doesn't come across like as much of a struggle in this. He just like has little bitch energy, like the whole way through. <laughs> he does though. He really does. I feel like <laughs> little bitch energy. <laughs> Hey, he's a hobbit. Come on. Yeah, Just regular bitch energy. I can think energy. of three other hobbits who don't have little bitch energy. Hmm. Four. I would say Bilbo. Bilbo, Bilbo also. Mary, Pippin, and Sam. They're not little bitches. They're That's hooligans, true. but they're not little <laughs> bitches. That's true. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I still feel a little bit of sympathy for Frodo. I don't really want to call him a little bitch. But I do see where you're coming from. It's 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 harder to feel that way, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, he does give his best uh, O face when he yes. gets a little poke from Shelob. <laughs> the ultimate Frodo O face. <laughs> he's always making them. He's ma he's given people bedroom eyes the whole movie. Like Elijah Wood gave a sensual performance as Frodo Baggins, <laughs> and it worked. I want to kiss him. Yeah, <laughs> he looks very kissable. He looks soft. <laughs> he looks soft. Shut soft the fuck. little bitch. Even like climbing up a mountain of ash and. So you still look like a soft little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Sam and scoop you up. <laughs> I can carry you too. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> God, that line is great. What did you think about the battle for Minas Tirith? I feel so good. It is incredible. Those Timothy Oliphants are kind of a cheat code, but... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, I watched this movie a bunch, and then I heard of the actor Timothy Oliphant, and I was like, mm -hmm. is, this a, is this a joke? <laughs> Did he play the Oliphants? Yeah, the Oliphants. <laughs> was he all of them? <laughs> <laughs> but he looks so human. <laughs> uh, bring them down. I feel like, speaking of cheat codes, the Army of the Dead, I I was kind of, um, I was thinking back on your point during the Two Towers of, like, stuff in the Fellowship paying off in the Two Towers or in Return of the King, and then, like, some stuff that appears in the Two Towers that you're just like, well, we didn't really kind of build this up at all. Yeah. And the Army of the Dead... I was starting to kind of feel that way, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> I thought about how I felt and like how I felt about your take that I just laid out, and I kind of view this more as a singular piece that just happens to be spread out into three movies. So yeah, I have a much easier time being uh, presented something new. It's like, well, it wasn't in the first part or like the first movie. 
I, I kind of see it as more one big piece and it's just like a new discovery we made a, along the way on the same adventure, if that makes any sense. So I don't feel blindsided that a bunch of green ghouls came in to save the day because they weren't mentioned at all before, but yeah. um, I I like them. Well, that's that's my thing is it's like, they're so fucking cool that I'm invested in them as soon as I meet them. Uh, they, they didn't need a ton of buildup, although it really was like a hard left turn when they're just like, wait, I have an idea. <laughs> Let's go down this passageway. We um, should go in there. <laughs> See what's up. Yeah. Um, but they're so cool that I'm, I'm here for it. They're badass as fuck, man. Um, it's my favorite Lord of the Rings Funko Pop I have is their king yeah and it's a very sympathetic story you're just like I'm sure they regret why they got cursed and they're just looking for peace and that final breath that the king gives before he like turns into green dust and you're just like I I feel that release with them so I'm endeared to them pretty quickly so it feels great man I'd Pretty agree. good in a pinch. And both uh, both the Army of the Dead and the way they shot the Shelob sequence, I thought introduced a lot of like horror cinematography into um, into Lord of the Rings. It's never something I thought of that had like just a little dash of horror in it. But I, what what, mm-hmm. what what say you? I I agree completely. I was I kind of wanted to mention it. Yeah, it's like I'm scared to watch the shelob scenes first of all because it's a gigantic spider that's scary imagine that thing in your house mm. yeah just wait till you watch uh, enemy spoilers um but wait like you see harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban mm. real twist on the big giant spider genre a lot of I as... got upended oh i i have seen it though so <laughs> like like you're saying it is shot like a horror movie when you know, we have the a little bit of a tiff with it. Smeagol kind of leads him in there, trapped in the web, in the tunnel, cutting loose with a sword. And then, that feels very Lord of the Ringsy. but then when Shelob actually stings Frodo, it's like, there's no music, it's completely quiet, and he's looking around. It's like a shot where we can see the spider, but he can't. Turns around, and there's like that, it kind of drops down once and then stabs him and that's all just like the only sound you hear is the like thud of the stinger into his chest it's yeah it's really interesting that part is very scary yes definitely man uh i, I think that's another uh another instance of us getting to see what brought peter jackson to the dance in the first place <laughs> right <laughs> like being really gross and making scary stuff that's that's how he got these movies that web just you you can tell how it feels just by looking at it oh yeah it's it's gross (laughs) i i I love stuff like that where you could just like imagine waking up in that shit (laughs) like frodo just all bundled up (laughs) with his face exposed claustrophobic oh my god that would be horrible I think as the kids say, it's given me the ick, Greg. That's the feeling you feel when you look at that. You get the ick. Ooh, I have received the ick from this moment in the film. <laughs> right, ki- right, kids? 
Yeah, to all our Gen Z listeners, what's up, rad, cool, hip teens? They turned it off 45 minutes ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Please vote in the People's Choice Grannies. (laughs) (laughs) No one's getting slimed. Do kids still like when people get slimed at award shows? Uh they gotta they're kids right? <laughs> they're kids <laughs> of course they do every every kid likes to see someone get slimed at an um, award show after receiving an award that's what kids today are always saying i want to see frankie muñez get slimed yeah kids yeah. love clock stoppers <laughs> holy shit uh i watched that movie a lot <laughs> Yeah, duh, we all did. It had a Blink-182 music video. It did? Wow. Yeah, yeah, um, first date, baby. Um. <clears throat> so, back to other early 2000s cinema. <laughs> did you laugh when uh, Sam uh, simply walked into Mordor? <laughs> like... <laughs> He actually did end up doing that. Spitting in the face of Boromir. (laughs) They just show him walking right up to it and going inside. (laughs) I'm glad they did. When he's going to rescue Frodo. He's like, I just kind of... The door was open, I guess. (laughs) He simply walked in, man. (laughs) It It is weird, like, when they're in Mordor. I don't know, like how easily they can move around i don't know getting a glimpse inside of mordor seems like it was as bad as it was hyped up to be yes this place is just nasty black it looks like it's you'd just be coughing the whole time like it's it's a disgusting dark miserable place and it was built up that way and i think set design really went a long way at like selling just how like awful mortar is to be in <laughs> yeah man uh and like it just seems like constant squabbling too like that's that's what would drive me nuts it's like it's it's like living in stranger things season three like just everyone's <laughs> always bickering i could not handle how fucking annoying orcs are <laughs> they're such fucking shitheads i i like that you know, Frodo and Sam put on, like, orc armor and, like, s- try to sneak in with the ranks. And they just, like, all they have to do is, like, if someone is shoved, like, ah, he he, he touched me. <laughs> it erupts like an orcish civil war. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if, if Mordor has bars, there's constantly fighting like it's an old western saloon. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> It's just like Orcs. every two seconds, it's a this town ain't big enough for the two of us moment. Like, just constantly happening with the orcs. <laughs> That's why there's no glass windows in uh, Mordor, because they keep getting <laughs> thrown through them. <laughs> Eventually, they just stopped replacing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so we finally got our conclusion to our lady arwen aragorn love story and lady arwen who did not die die (laughs) it was a close call there though Mm -hmm. um yeah 
I, I kind of get, I, I guess, let's go ahead and I guess talk about the conclusion of the movie, I guess. Okay. That's kind of the main thing. This feels, this whole movie feels like a conclusion, but seeing, I, I'm just watching it through a misty eyes, watching Aragorn wear the crown, and telling the hobbits they bow to no one. Oh, that's Damn. so good. That's so good. <sighs> I just got emotional just remembering it. And like, you can tell he's king because his hair gets longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, it happens like between two cuts, like when they're leaving Minas Tirith, and then they show them riding to Mordor, and his hair is just like five inches longer and in a half pony. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> a little salt and pepper coming coming real quick for you there. Well, something Airborne. we always marveled at when we were kids too was that. With Middle-earth shaving mechanisms, Aragorn constantly maintains five o'clock shadow. Like, do you know how hard that would be to do, to neither have a beard nor be clean-shaven? 24-7, five o'clock shadow on Aragorn. How's he pull it off? I think he just wakes up super early and then it just grows real fast. That would make sense. It rubs on, rubs dirt on, so no one can see his clean-shaven face. I don't know. Maybe he um, found scissors somewhere. They have probably, right? Probably elvish made, or maybe he has an elvish beard. Oh, um, it'll just maybe the El Galadriel. Uh, her gift to him was that he would always be kind of stubby, kind of scruffy. <laughs> it was a gift for the audience too. Mm. Yeah, he's mm -mm -mm. a good looking boy, that Vigo. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about one of the scenes in the at the end of the movie that i kind of forgot about until i watched a video of an astronaut that had come back from working on the space station uh -huh. and he someone asked him like what it was like coming back to earth expecting like a you know a fun answer he instead talked about this scene at the end of return of the king where all the hobbits visit the bar after their journey is finally finished and nobody understands what they've done everybody yeah. is paying attention to the guy that has grown a gigantic pumpkin and <laughs> giving him giving him praise and it's just like we just got back from the most harrowing shit that anybody could ever imagine going through and nobody's singing songs for us or anything it's just no it's impossible for anybody to know what we've gone through yeah but we only have each other Fuck. and <laughs> hearing a, a a person convey that feeling just made me like really <laughs> i watched that scene now and i get way more sad when yeah. before i like Shit. i kind of like i kind of noticed it a little bit but now i get way more sad when i watch that scene now I just want to talk about how lonely it must be to be an astronaut forget this lord of the Rings shit <laughs> fuck like how lonely must it be to like or go through anything like um you know particularly harrowing or just like um difficult or like something that the common people would have a hard time understanding that's yeah. got to be like isolating to have to not only live with the burden of the ring of course like going through that like that burden was bad enough now you got to be bear the burden of being the only one that really understands what that was like and not having anyone to talk to about it 
I guess Mary and Pippin have each other and Sam and everything, but, you know, Sam's got a family now. Yeah. They'll never understand. His kids will read the books, listen to the stories, but they'll never understand what their dad went through. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's the the unhealable wound trope, you know, since we're since we're getting into the ending. Uh we see Tolkien just mastering the hero's journey essentially here. Um the hero's journey that he sent Frodo on is ultimately a prototype for how we change in response to adversity. And mm -hmm. all you want to do is go back to your familiar world while you're in this unfamiliar world and then because of how you've changed on the journey, sometimes your familiar world, your home, you don't fit there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, man. Oh, that line always gets me. We set out to save the Shire and it has been saved, but not for me. Oh, yeah, dude. Exactly. I just, you know, you, you relate to that. I've, I've definitely had some experiences where I just felt like <laughs> I couldn't go back to what felt like home anymore. Um, I think yeah. it's, part of life right like we all have to um and that's got to be so hard for like a place like the shire that like embodies the idea of like peaceful living and you're yeah. not finding peace anymore like yeah it is a very human um phenomenon or i guess emotion where a place that you always found to be peaceful or brought you peace or joy just for whatever reason you've gone off and lived life and come back and it's just not the same anymore so yeah where do i go to find peace now that's what a question that's hard. right oh man now i'm getting all existential and reflecting on my life and shit oh damn i'm sorry man Nah, i think i did this <laughs> no it's it started with the astronauts <laughs> those damn spacemen um man since we're on the ending um how creepy is gandalf's laugh in slow motion um that whole scene in slow motion is a little that wasn't a great choice right to slow-mo it that was not a strong a strong uh editing choice maybe it's in slow motion in the book um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's just everyone's wearing like white gowns like nightgowns yeah. it feels like less of a reuniting and more like a slumber party yeah i it guess feels childish like the hobbits are like little kids which is not what we've gotten to know them as you're like is this frodo's dream like is yeah. this really happening like <laughs> Everyone just comes through the door one at a time, and we're like, "Oh, this guy's here too!" Whoa! I don't know that that yeah, Gandalf's laugh may be a little bit creepy, but that whole scene kind of has a weird feel to it. Like it sh yeah. shouldn't be that way. Thankfully, it's only one of seven endings, so you know, like the other yeah. ones work fine. So we can just look right over it. That's why you should end your movie multiple times, so you can have the creative freedom to play around with a couple of the endings. One of these will nail it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'll get into it now, I guess. But like, I I texted you one of my notes. I said, at 
everyone that said this movie had too long of an ending is a fucking dumb idiot that has never felt an emotion in their life. Maybe not true. That I, I I was pretty um in my feelings when I said that. So it's a good I critique. I don't think it's too many endings or too long of an ending. I just think it's funny that there are so many endings. I'm like, if anything has ever earned the right to really tuck you all the way into bed, it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I don't think it's, like, bad that it ends so many times. It's just funny. It's all, like, what other movie, it, like, <laughs> does, like, five epilogues? Like, is there any other? <laughs> uh, it's it's very valid. It's very valid. It I... I think it's funny too, but like for me, I just want to spend a little more time in the world that we've saved, I guess. So I'm mm -hmm. more like, I just don't want the story to end. So I want to keep finding, I also want to find excuses to hang around. And Frodo is kind of the audience vehicle in the sense that like he finishes the book, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he writes the Lord of the Rings and it, it feels like, I don't know, he's... It's like the end of uh, The Good Place, right? Where we're just kind of like, we've done everything we can do, and I'm just... I feel like there's nothing left for me. Time to take the ship, the last ship out of Middle-Earth. It feels like Frodo leaving represents the story finally ending. As much as I want it to continue, like I was saying, like I don't want this story to end. Mary, Pippin, and Sam don't want their friend to leave, but at it's time to let go, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's my favorite shot of the movie at the very end after Frodo and Bilbo leave and we just see Sam walk home and uh, come back to his family. It's just like one crane shot that just kind of moves in on him and there's no music or anything. It's just, it's just over. It just ends there. And we know Sam's life is going to continue and he's going to be happy, but, you know, it, it it leaves me in an emotional place where I'm not... It, it's the most bittersweet, like you were saying. Yes. All that to say, it's it's an incredibly bittersweet um, ending. I get a little bit... <laughs> a little bit more sweet than bitter, but damn, it's kind of hard to come to grips with it. Well, yeah, because unlike... A lot of fairy tales where everyone lives happily ever after this one tells you like there were some everlasting consequences of the things that went wrong <laughs> right yeah. like frodo frodo still feels the the stab wound from the first yeah. movie that the nazgul stabbed him with the sword he's like i'd still hurt sometimes yeah well, I think that's what is so beautiful about it is the whole movie, like, or the whole trilogy. You're in love with the Shire. You got to spend some good time there a long, long time ago at the beginning of the first movie when you were just a young lad. Now you're 12 hours later watching Return of the King and you just wanted the Hobbits to get back to the Shire the whole time and get back to living the life they were living. And you're promised that. You're promised you're going to get to see it, and that's how you would expect it to end. But it gives you something a little more realistic, which is, no, they could never fully go back to the way things were. Um, this this journey changed them forever, um, and they never got their old life back. The end. Mm -hmm. Right? The <laughs> so end. Like, yeah. It's like, it's... it's 
it's so beautiful because because again i think it's more real it comes back to what we were just saying about how like you can't sometimes you can't go home again and you just have to deal with that yeah exactly and yeah i guess we're dealing with it in our own way <sighs> sure um Damn, I kind of, I'm kind of out of notes here. I feel like there's a lot of stuff thematically that we didn't cover. I love Aowind's um, I'm No Man. Stab. Yeah. That Girl was boss. great. Girl boss moment that felt earned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like so much cool stuff to get into. We talked a lot about the themes of the trilogy and the Fellowship of the Ring uh, mm -hmm. discussion. So I guess there's not a lot of stuff to rehash. I do love, um, we didn't talk about it then, but like we talked about the corruptible nature of men. I like Faramir's kind of standing in the face of that. It seems like he is, you know, he's tempted by the ring and he gives in. He's like, I will bring the ring to Gondor where it belongs. We'll use it as a mighty weapon. I have a mighty gift for my father. It's like trying to earn his dad's favor. He feels like, I think Faramir is the only person that like actually listens to what's needed and what's good for middle earth and yeah. like accepts that and like takes action to like make it happen by letting Frodo and Sam go. But that was the two towers. Um, I don't know. It, it, it feels like he's the only one that was corrupted in a way. And then at the end of this becomes uncorrupted and he gets rewarded immensely yeah um it, it it was really after almost being burned to death which was a very tense scene <laughs> his dad went a little bit crazy his dad went but those guards were going along with it why like hey, they were sir, enabling it yeah sir maybe we shouldn't <laughs> he's he's moving we're um, not doing a jedi funeral damn it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do love Gandalf busting in there. That, like, quick zoom on Gandalf busting through the door with Shadow Facts is fucking funny. Uh <laughs> I still want my Shadow Facts miniseries. Give me more of that horse. Yeah, if this was a Disney uh, property, we would have got that a while back. <laughs> Shadow Facts and the meaning of haste. <laughs> nice. He's going to show us. Uh... Oh, man. But yeah, that's that, that's all I had. I wanted to add a little bit of praise for Faramir because I think he's like kind of an underrated character that I agree. deals with a lot of things the right way. He he represents a lot of um you know, shortcoming of fathers um but Yeah, he does the trying right to, thing trying to trying to piece among people. Yeah. He he he's being heckled by his disappointed father all while he just goes on doing the right thing. Just a disappointed father like peanut gallery mocking him the whole time. Nothing nothing he ever does is good enough, so he's finally decides I'm going to do what's good. Not good enough for you, but what's good in general. Yeah. So good for him. Uh do, do you have any other notes? Is there anything nah, else man, you want to I, I can jump over? into gimmicks. I can gimmick it up. All right, let's gimmick it up. Uh, so this is movies for when you've had a stressful week at work, in case you forgot. So what is your favorite moment of work-life balance? 
Um, I'm gonna give an honorable honorable mention to um, the orcs <laughs> who like live in piles of shit and garbage, and nothing is ornate or beautiful at all. But someone took the time to decorate the battering ram like a wolf head, and they did a really <laughs> good job. <laughs> it's like the one ornate object they have. Um, so I like that someone. <laughs> Some little uh, uh, misfit dentist orc somewhere just wanted to be a carver um, and, uh, and you know, put some real life into his work. Um, but I think number one has just got to be uh, Marion Pippin smoking long bottom leaf on the ruin of Isengard. Um, recommending salted pork. Like that's, you know, you got to destroy an evil city. And then you gotta kick back. You balance and work in life, you know? Exactly. Oh. I feel like we mentioned uh, Hobbit smoking as the gimmick for a couple of the movies already. Um, yeah, I, I for, think that's what it always is. Yeah. For me, my favorite moment of work-life balance, it happens a few times, but it's Gandalf giving off the vibe of a minimum wage employee that's been at his job too long and complaining about the management of Denethor. <laughs> he's, always like, <laughs> he's always looking for ways to talk shit about Denethor. And it's just like, well, if the steward had done something about it, we wouldn't be in this fucking mess. And he's always just like throwing shade at him and just like, he's not even our real boss. He's just a steward. Uh, I got, I'm tired enough from, he, he just seems like he doesn't get paid enough to deal yeah. with shitty customers and the Nazgul. Like, yeah, he's, he's sometimes you just really, got to vent to your he coworkers. Seems, he seems fed up with the like diplomacy aspect of this quest of just like always having to deal with corrupted and irrational Kings. Like that. Those are his obstacles in addition to having to fight the force of evil itself. You know, like yeah. he just seems like he doesn't have the patience for it. Oh, I love it. Um, we, we've probably got a few here, but what are your favorite line? What's your favorite line for this one? I'm going to try not to give any runners up. Cause I don't want to take anything from you. Um, this one has a lot of good lines, like powerhouse lines all throughout this movie. Um, I think if I had to pick one, I would just narrow it down to, I'm glad to be with you, Samwise Gamgee, here at the end of all things. Whew, that, that whole little monologue they have about remembering the Shire and girls with ribbons in their hair, uh, the lights on the party tree. Ooh, I love it so much. Um, and I guess I'll give a runner-up to... You can drink your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only brew for the brave and true comes from that green dragon. <laughs> I always like that part. Cheers. Oh, man. I, I, love, I love that they're the, the life of the party yes. in, that, in that scene. It's great. Um, a few runners-up. I, I love everything you said, so especially um, here at the end of all things. Uh, I like Pippin's song that he sings while Denethor eats. Mm -hmm. I love when Aragorn is calling on the army of the dead as the the new king of Gondor, and he's like, what say you? What say you? Oh. Uh, I love how he says that. Um, 
Denethor providing some options here. I think he says this to Faramir. He says, go now and die in... No, he says it to um, Pippin. Go now and die in what way seems best to you. Yeah. <laughs> when he relieves it, relieves him from his service. So he delivers badass. that absolute banger of a line. King Theoden, who... Um, Died in the Battle of Minas Tirith. Big sad. Uh, leading up to his charge, he says, Right now, right now, right now to ruin and the world's ending. Death, 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 fourth Erlingus. That whole pre-charge speech is... Rivals any of... Any other movie with a pre-charge speech scene. Yeah. Even, even Aragorn's at the end? Oh, uh, well, that's, you know... That's even better, but I feel I feel the passion more in this one. Oh, I but Aragorn's but it is, is not this day. Awesome <laughs> so fucking good. It's it's really good. But my favorite line is from my favorite scene that I mentioned at the very very end, the last line of the film. Sam just saying, "Well, I'm back." Oh. Mm. Ever since I returned to the Shire, everyone keeps asking me if I'm back. <laughs> yeah I'm thinking I'm back <laughs> I'm just saying Keanu would have been a great Sam Damji <laughs> <laughs> he really would have he would have he would have he would have lost a foot and a half for the role uh <laughs> whoa a ring <laughs> whoa I can't carry it for you but I can carry you come on Bill Bo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Utah, give me two. All right, uh, enough about that. All right, uh, why don't you give this one a Critiker score for? I oh, I shit. messed up that sentence. What was your score for this one? <laughs> um, let me pull up Critiker real quick. I actually forgot. Um, I'll give you mine then. So I gave all three movies the same score because, like I said, I kind of view this as one piece, and I gave The Return of the King a thirty-six out of forty nice very nice um i give it a 48 out of 50 um what how did your rankings end up what's one two and three for this series rankings uh um, i have a hard time i think i feel like the most emotional connection to return of the king or like emotionally like i get the most out of it yeah but like movie wise, I think the Fellowship is the best one. Yeah, so like, same. I think Two Towers at the bottom, I guess, just by default. But not because I think it's bad in any like at all. I I, I think. No, yeah. I have a hard time picking what's number one between Fellowship and Return of the King. I rank them Fellowship, Return of the King, Two Towers, but they're all yeah, pretty close. That's what I figured you'd say. Like the worst Lord of the Rings movie is still one of the best movies I've ever seen. So yes, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, there's there's no problem there. Um, yeah, yeah, solid. We've done it. We did it. I I, I apologize. It. I I was very low energy for this one. I feel like I was rambling more than I was making sense. So Greg, thank you all for coming along on this ride. It's that ring. It's been getting to you. I can tell. That's, that's my wedding ring, Denny. That's, that's fine. I'm fine. I could wear it it's, for you for a little while. 
Share the load. Salt. Don't wear my wedding ring. Share the load. The zoom in on Sam's mouth when he says the load is not something I needed in on film. Sam the load Gamgee, as he likes to be called. <laughs> as he likes to be. I thought it was Samwise the Brave. No, no, it's the load. It's the load. He'll it's be happy potatoes. to share the load with you. Samwise Potatoes Gamgee. Um, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, Lord of the Rings concluded. What a trip. What a journey. I feel so good. Just like being able to like experience this again and like fully flesh out thoughts and ideas on it. So yes. this was a lot of fun. This is the most time we've spent on any <laughs> series it's just like so much time committing to watching the movies themselves and then like hours of discussion it's like the last few weeks of my life i've committed a lot of time to lord of the rings and i'm yes. very happy about that it's been a big lord of the rings phase we'll call it yeah it's like a a resurgence of a phase that already existed you know it's just, yeah it it's always stopped. been there yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's always lying dormant somewhere in there. It's just sometimes nice to wake up that little Balrog of passion. <laughs> <sighs> Hell yeah. So, without further ado, that's it for the uh, discussion here for Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, and Lord of the Rings. That's a wrap on the trilogy. Last little bit of business. Denny. Yes. We have got the second annual Granny Awards in two weeks yeah time. so we already did our draft of best picture nominees i'm going to read through the nominees for every other category this will be posted by the time this episode is uh online so get there and vote pretty please leave us a question we can't wait we're very excited um all right fanfare do do do, do. all that business so yes. I will now read. And now I'm opening the envelope. The nominees for our first <laughs> award for the second annual Granny Awards. Horniest movie. Our nominees for horniest movie are <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Wild Wild West, Girls Trip, X, Out Cold, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Your thoughts, Denny. How do you feel about these horny movies? They're all incredibly horny, Greg. I think it's going to be a photo finish to find out which one was the horniest. Um, you know, how do, how do you call a race so close? I think you have to watch them all again and see which one makes you the most aroused. Uh, no, I wouldn't say makes you most aroused. All right, I'm going to go ahead and do it since you want me to so bad. Oh my gosh. Uh, the movie itself is horny. That's why I think it's unnecessarily horny. Wild Wild West. But the other ones are strong contenders too. I think uh, I we'll see how it shakes out. I'm going to vote Rocky Horror, I think. Okay. All right. Well, it's up to the people to decide. Uh, worst character is our next category worst character hey speaking of we've got will smith as james west in wild wild west i don't know if i want to present him any awards it uh 
It doesn't always go well. I almost uh, put his wife on there for her role in Girls Trip, but I didn't want to get slapped in the face about yeah. it. So Keep her name out your mouth. Um, I will keep her name out my fucking mouth. Sorry. Uh, whose name I'm not keeping out of my mouth, though, is uh, James Varney as Ernest P. Worrell in Ernest Scared Stupid. I like Ernest, but I feel like Denny would be mad if I didn't include him yes. here. So he's, he's probably getting my vote, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> well, just just you wait. <laughs> More stuff's coming. Uh, this is a definitely something that I had to put on here. Tom Hansen, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer. Mm. Not only because of the line delivery performance, but also, man, what a shitty character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I can't believe I used to relate to him. Oh, please don't tell people. Ouchies. Oof. Ouch. Hey, we, 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 we mature, we grow older, we become better people. Uh, he didn't. So <laughs> next, <laughs> a real run for the money here. We've got Kevin Costner as the titular postman in The Postman. The that, reluctant hero. That's my vote. He's yeah, so and I knew bad. you would change your mind. He's so fucking bad. The reluctant hero who <laughs> bangs that guy's wife. Um, <laughs> Twice. What if my daughter hit on me? Um, next up, we've got... I wanted to just include the movie in general, but I just went for the main character, Jason London, playing Rick Rambis in Out Cold. That's, I don't that's think he, unworthy inclusion. Unworthy inclusion. Says you. I might... Yeah, whatever. No, it's locked in. Shut up. Shut up, Linda. Speaking of shut up, Linda, we've got Tom Atkins as Dr. Daniel Chalice in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh my god, he was so That's good. That is a low-key, like, <laughs> that is a sneaky, really good pick if you want to vote for Dr. Chalice. I've never seen a character up, go Linda. through so much <laughs> to not have to spend time with his kids. <laughs> a character that half the time they're just a shitty dad and the other half of the time you're like is this the did, is this the guy that wrote the screenplay why does every woman want him <laughs> so he's badly. the worst <laughs> he's so bad is he worse than the postman though we'll see um no. next category here and unless i decide to add another worst character um best practical effects movie this confused a lot of people last time where we said best practical effect and a lot of people were submitting CGI effects. Ugh. That's not practical effects. So I, I just made it... That's a I made it... <sighs> mad Denny is mad. So the best, best movie of practical effects, Total Recall is our first nominee, which... Hey, might, might just win. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which is our... Basically, all three movies in our practical effects episode, which, rounding that out, would be Mad Max, Fury Road. A recent addition to the race for best practical effects movie, Gremlins. Hey, that's a good yeah. one. Uh, Evil Dead 2. I went with that one out of those the three movies that we did. And last, 
is Swamp Thang. Swamp Thang. Remember when my COVID fever broke while we were recording Swamp Thing and we just never spoke of it again? <laughs> Until now. That was like the most insane uh, I've ever gotten on an episode. Go go listen to the Swamp Thing episode, guys. Director's lesser known work. I've lost my fucking shit during Swamp Thing. Dude, you I do remember your microphone was yeah, don't listen to it with headphones. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling a lot. <laughs> listen with caution. You were shout laughing at so much shit. <laughs> my fever was breaking like as we were recording it. I was losing my fucking mind. As was your sanity. All right, next category. Best So Bad It's Good movie. And the nominees are Con Air, which is not even so bad it's good. It's just it's just good. I mean, it's kind of awful, but like It's also kind of bad. So. <laughs> but so, in a fun it's and cool way. Stupid fucking movie and I love it. <laughs> Hey, that's that's one of the best qualifiers. Stupid, and I love it. Uh, speaking of stupid, Mac and Me, <laughs> a movie so dumb. Oh, I loved I loved our discussion on it though. <laughs> what a stupid movie! I'm looking at the VHS copy I have right now. There it is. It's over there. Next up, we've got Abraxas, comma, Guardian oh of the Universe. Oh, my God. I'm looking at that VHS now and thinking about how stupid it was. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, I'm going to stop being a professional wrestler and be a really good actor. Um, <laughs> okay, buddy. Chest. I'm also going to be the governor. And he, and he did it. So, <laughs> of a tundra state. Cool uh sorry sorry minnesota <laughs> listeners um next up is vampire's kiss a movie that is it so bad it's good or is it just good this movie perplexes us yes it's, we go it's, back incre and forth. it's incredibly interesting it's endless it's not good i think it's not good it's incredibly interesting uh psychotic speaking of psychotic best so bad it's good movie American Psycho 2, colon, All-American Girl. This one might just be so bad it's bad. Uh, it It's probably the... Uh, well, we did cover Cats this year. I was going to say it was the worst movie we covered all year. <laughs> it's Cat, Cats is technically part of last season's awards. Because okay. it was what we covered on our award okay. show. Or right. did we say that Cats qualified for this year? I don't remember. Oh, I just thought of that. I think we said Cats would qualify for this year's awards. We're going to have to change I might need noms. to make some changes. We're going to need to change um, these noms. Uh, well, we only need to change one, honestly, because I'm not putting it on So Bad It's Good movie. That's a So Bad It's Fucking Awful. Um, I think there's got to be a worst character nomination in Cats. How do you do? How do you choose, Mr. Mistopheles? Uh, uh Taylor let's... Swift. Oh, oh! New entry into the worst character. Is it okay if I put Taylor Swift in there? Sure. I was gonna put or, her dancer. Or Rebel that Wilson. <laughs> I liked Rebel Wilson. She was having fun. Um, I, I was gonna put Taylor Swift's dancer that didn't have the CGI over them for that one shot. <laughs> worst character: Tom Hooper, director of Cats. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to put Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. 
I'm going to put Taylor Swift as herself, Cats. Because <laughs> I don't know what the character name was, and I'm not ruining my search history by looking yeah. it up. This so. algorithm is too precious to Google Cats. I, I, I can't I can't have that happen. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I can't imagine ads for it popping up. Oh, Fuck, God. no! Why did I have to look up Taylor Swift's character's name? No! Uh, the last pick to close out so bad it's good movies was Halloween three season of the witch. So that's the best so bad it's good movies. Glad we could have a little sidebar there. Um, best audience selection. I might add to this later on, but I think there's a clear winner here. Uh, up first, we have jujitsu selected by the audience. Was it the best selection? I don't know. Is it better than the next nominee? Toy Story 4? That was a good pick. Yeah. Uh, next is Casablanca. We manipulated the hell out of that vote. <laughs> um, next, a lot of these are big hitters with Denny. We've got The Lighthouse next. We manipulated the hell out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think The Lighthouse was going to win that one. I was proud of the audience. Actually, actually we kind of let them run with it and they picked right yeah i kind of wanted them to do under the skin that's right that's um the one that did get manipulated (laughs) we coerced the good people to pick the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring yes they manipulated us that was demanded by the audience man that was that's true reverse manipulation yeah they demanded lord of the rings they got us to do a whole damn series over it that was good job people I think that one's the front runner. Uh, next, I have "You Cannot Kill David Arquette." I wanted to put something from the WrestleMania episode in there. Hell yeah! Um, I really liked. I really liked that one. Uh, and last, I might add more to this later on. You'll see on the poll that's live now. Please vote. Lastly, is Jason X. Ooh, Good job, audience. Great picks. Great picks, audience. Great job. We love our audience. We do so much um they're not annoying at all but you know what is annoying our nominees for most annoying movie here we go people it's kind of hard to differ again (laughs) carry over from last year reigning Um, and defending champion high fidelity (laughs) unfortunately that would imply that i watched it again and that's not gonna happen so it's hard to differentiate worst movie with most annoying movie but um I think we've got some some clear winners here. Um most annoying movie first up first nominee is Ernest Scared Stupid. Done. Boy does that make sense. <laughs> That's um a lot of things can annoy you in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's the writing and plot of the movie more than like a character for example. So that is why I've picked next for most annoying movie because that story oh, is. An, God, I forgot an, about. Yeah, next. you forgot. You forgot about next, didn't you? I did. I forgot all about it. And now you remembered. I, yeah, I knew you were going to react that way because I could see two minutes into the future. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to put him as worst character, but I could never, in good, in like. I could never put Nicolas Cage as a worst character. We love him too much. Ever. We love him too much. Worst hair, maybe. Um, hey. 
It's a bird. That it's a bird. <laughs> uh, we don't have to rehash that whole movie, but I have to remember it all. Uh, next up for the most annoying movie, Scooby Doo. Oh, I, I don't think it's that, that bad, I but I knew it. you would. Um, I'll get I'll get mine here in a second though. But next up, most annoying movie, Burnt. Could have sous vide bag. <laughs> put a sous vide bag over my head and call me a. <laughs> I don't know. Chef. Whatever. Call me, call me a chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used this. He put the sous vide bag over his head, and there was a little rat inside that was really doing running the show. <laughs> but everyone could see it. So. <laughs> what? Most annoying in that. It seems like every decision was the wrong one. We could have made a better movie. Ugh, come on. So, next up. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, even though it did not feature Denny, a very annoying movie, Uncharted. That was the one where a friend of the show, Tyler Simpson, came in and talked about... <laughs> His favorite video game franchise getting bastardized on the screen. <laughs> he ripped it apart hilariously. And I had a lot of fun with that episode, but that movie was very obnoxious. Uh, next, this is me getting my revenge on Denny. Good Burger. Most annoying this is, movie. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, Greg. Good Burger is not annoying. Mm, I'll let the audience decide that. They, I know They voted for it, didn't they? Yeah, that was another audience selection, was Good Burger. Yeah. You just you annoying... just bet on the wrong horse, Mr. Johnson. Our people love oh. Good Burger. Yeah, they love uh, running around in an insane asylum in that movie. It's so cool. If you're going to talk funny. about the worst part only, okay? Spin oh, it was only the th entire third act. My bad. <sighs> Guys, Greg right. didn't have cable growing up, and that's why he is this way. That's this is true. Denny's right. <laughs> uh, once again, I will not deny this. Uh, last pick for most annoying movie. I don't think it was that bad, but it had his moments for sure. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Ooh. Yeah, we had the Ooh. the other the two movies off. in. The... Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> the other two movies in that episode are up for best picture. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is <laughs> down here in most annoying movie. <laughs> yeah. Two, we got two Robert Eggers films. No, we got all three of Robert Eggers films in Best Picture. We'll get to that is later. Is that true? Um, That's awesome. Yeah. all His entire filmography is up for Best Picture this year. That's awesome. Um, this is a... Uh, a tricky category to keep uh we dropped some categories last year we wanted instead of being like completely open-ended like fill in the blank we wanted to have it be a vote for everything mm -hmm. so i had to remove some categories like change some categories around this one was tough to keep uh and i think it'll be an interesting race this is the best use of the word fuck so the best f-bomb um be it from a movie or maybe one of us whatever uh, the first nominee is Fuck Front Row Joe from Don Denham. And the second nominee is uh, When Don Yelled Fuck Front Row Joe at the live show. Yes. I'm really curious to see which way this is going to go. Um, I, I, I want to see what the people think. 
I, I have a I have a good feeling that Don might come out with a Grenny Award though. So I, I think there's some choices that only the audience can make, and it's easy to choose right when there is no wrong answer. There you go. That's right. Uh, uh, next up, those are the only two nominees, by the way. <laughs> Manipulative me. Uh, the award for unexpected awesomeness is up next. This one was a lot of fun. This was like um, not necessarily best picture, but stuff we were probably thinking this movie might be fine. And then we watch it and maybe for the first time and we're just like blown away. Like, oh, this is way better than I thought. This is extremely cool and interesting and good. I'm so happy I watched this. It's so awesome in an unexpected way. Here's those movies. Uh, one that was just an honorable mention for best picture, Jiro Dreams of Sushi yes you you don't it's just like oh it's a documentary about an old sushi chef in japan this sounds boring and uninteresting and mm -hmm. i won't get emotionally attached to it at all oh no and i'm crying so yeah, yeah it's amazing <laughs> up next on sandy i was not expecting uh, a director i really like i was just like oh it's one of his older movies it's probably going to be fine and it's one of his better movies despite it being uh, all in French. It's a masterpiece, man. Uh, uh, I hope I never see it Despite again. the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a masterpiece he hopes to never see again. Yeah. Um, if you can tolerate the French, you'll. It, it's worth watching. It's not the uh, French that's hard to watch. It's the child murder. Oh, <laughs> right. It's the child murder. Right. Also an issue. Probably the second biggest issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up next we were expecting it to be good but we weren't expecting to like it as much as we did or we were expecting to like it we weren't expecting it to be good the unbearable weight of massive talent yeah i said it backwards my bad yeah it, 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 a movie that was better than it had any right to be it was already going to get high marks from us for like targeted fan service but boy howdy what a cool film. Uh, up next, it got a lot of hype, so it was expected to be awesome, and it exceeded the hype exceedingly so. I'll use that a lot of times. It is everything everywhere, all at once. Didn't expect it to be that good, cool, boundary-pushing, etc. I keep trying to overhype it, and I just can't do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everyone's right. just blown away, no matter how much I exaggerate. Because there's... Uh, it's amazing. It's that amazing. Hell yeah. Another front runner category. <laughs> the front runner in yet another category, this movie. Uh, up next, we knew it was going to be good, but we liked it a lot more than we thought. It's The Man Who Wasn't There. Yeah, that's like an unsung hero of the year, man. Yeah, I mentioned last week having, or last episode, having watched um, Bringing Out the Dead. Where it's just like, I know this director is good. Why have I not seen this movie? Like, yeah. I know the Coen brothers are great. How have I not seen The Man Who Wasn't There? Uh, up next, I put The Power of the Dog. I thought that was a lot better than it was going to be. Mm -hmm. oh, no, I was, I was really engrossed with that <laughs> one. I, maybe Denny wasn't as high on it from what I remember, but... I, yeah, thought that, I, I liked it. I probably wouldn't have put it for this category, but I understand why you did. Yeah, it just had... I didn't expect it to live in my head as much as it did. Right, I guess. right, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and the last nominee for the award for unexpected awesomeness, it is Point Break. Yeah, that might be my pick, Maybe man. You're... I loved Point oh. Break. Oh, I'm just gonna get a early '90s action flick with a lot of schlock and corny lines and shit. Oh, and it's guess what? You're getting a lot more than that. Surprise, you're getting motherfucker. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. This is fun and good. You're getting highbrow entertainment. That's right, brother. All right. Uh, up next. Let me add one more here. I think you know what it is. Worst picture. I have just added the nominee, Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, late edition shocking could be a front runner here i'll I'll go through these pretty quick because there's a lot because we watched a lot of really bad movies this year uh <laughs> mac and me is up first very awful uncharted which uh tyler is probably going to try to vote for five times <laughs> um girls trip which was a not a hit with the taylor family hated that uh, movie. wild wild west which i I have a hard time not picking this one. It was rough. of all of the movies on this. It was rough of all the movies on this list. I think that's the one I would least want to watch again. Really? I'd watch it before girls trip any day of the week or cats. Well, get ready to, well, hold that thought because up next is pink flamingos. Nope. That's the one. Oh, just got nauseous threw up in my mouth a little i <gasps> didn't watch that i didn't watch it but i put it <gasps> on here anyways <laughs> i will not watch it again because i haven't watched it period and i don't plan to, on doing so <gasps> that's all i'm gonna do for the rest of this episode oh danny well let me get that bad taste out of your mouth with american psycho 2 all american girl i truly a nonsensical again <laughs> I, I would love it. to watch this I would love to watch this movie again <laughs> okay we'll, we'll, we'll do that together we'll take a boys trip to uh, my apartment and watch it just the two of us <laughs> uh, back to back we've got the reluctant hero himself we've got Waterworld up next for worst picture and then immediately after that we've got the postman hard to choose between the two which one's worse and is it worse than all of these Ooh, this and is the last a rough, pick, rough competitive category. This is a very competitive category. They came out swinging. Kevin Costner with a late entry into the ring. Yeah. Um, I would like to throw him over the top rope, though, um, and he would be out when his feet touch the ground. This guy gets it. This guy gets it. Yeah. What if there's a raft there? Uh, You're not. Lands out. on a stack of mate. He lands on a stack of mail. He's not out. You're not out. I'm telling you. It, it's. I had a lot of bed battle royals growing up. Um, <laughs> my brothers would be hopping around on one foot forever because both feet have to touch the ground. And our last... Oh, that That's some good brother memories right there. Yeah. Yep. Our last nominee for be worst picture, pardon me, is next. Holy God. shit. I still forgot about next again. I, we just talked about it 15 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, next category. We've only got uh, one more here. Best episode. This one has a clear front runner. I'm not telling you what to vote for. I'm just telling you what you should vote for. 
It's live from the Alamo Draft House is our first nominee for best episode. Thumbs it's up. It's hard not to pick that one. Yeah, that was incredibly special memory. I still think it's fun to listen back to, honestly. Um, up next, another fun one. Our most popular episode. It is Movies for When It's a Clusterfuck. That, that is rivals our... the Alamo show. Shit. That's the thing, though. I won't vote for it because I wasn't in it, and I'm selfish and prideful. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, Movies for When You Want to Accept Yourself. I really like that one. I feel like we had a good time with that. Uh, the next nominee, one we had a lot of fun with, Movies for When We Didn't Need a Sequel. Ooh. I really like episodes where we get good movies, medium movies, and then awful movies. That's a good like, balance, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good balance, and we got it in spades there. And we also got that same balance in the next nominee, which is Season of the Witch. Yes. A, ter a fantastic movie, a movie that was pretty good but maybe not for us and then one of the worst yes. one of the silliest movies <laughs> the silliest movie we've ever seen i don't want to say worst yet uh up next we've got good old-fashioned cage match we just talked about nicholas cage movies we got a lot we had a lot of fun with that one boy did we boy did we <clears throat> i won't do the vampire's kiss voice again uh <laughs> Uh, the next the next nominee can run, but it can't hide, bitch. It's Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah, I I did the Freddy line because he was we did Freddy versus Jason. That's why. Yes, I was. That's with that. uh, Matt and Sam, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It was the one where we we didn't release the video for it. I don't think Sam ever got around to making that. No, he didn't. <laughs> That's okay. There was a lot of video jokes but whatever he's a busy man he, he's a busy man actual freelance videographer we found out it's <sighs> way easier to just talk about the movies <laughs> that's the trick you don't need fancy setups no way. and our last nope <laughs> we're smart we cracked the code uh the last nominee the last category we already talked about it is best picture where once again We've got Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Lighthouse, No Country for Old Men, It's Brother Movie, There Will Be Blood, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Hereditary, The Vivitch, Casablanca, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and The Northman. So those are the nominees, those are the categories, and then at the very end of the, uh, the voting here, we've got a field once again where you can leave us a question for us to answer on the episode where we do the uh, the award show. So yeah. Leave us something. Have some fun. Just It's it's open-ended. Whatever the hell you want to ask about or comment on. We love to, we'd love to hear. We That's where a lot of the fun will come from for that ask episode. Ask us stupid so. bullshit. Ask us dumb stuff, please. Dumb questions <laughs> love... only. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah! I'll All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you for sticking around. Listen to the nominees. Please be sure and vote. Vote or die, MFs, etc. Denny, 
Uh, the last category here only has one nominee, and that is the award for best catchphrase. Would you please give us the nominee? Yes, coming to us directly from Don Denham. For Gregolis, the Legolas Johnson, I'm Denny the Denethor Taylor, and this has been Movies for When? We just spent like two fucking months telling you when. See you for Friday the 13th, and you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge? Stay.